Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Snap back to Kirk Cousins. He's moving. He's launching. He's going into the end zone. And the pass is batted away. And intercepted in the end zone. Sherrick McManus on the tip. Bears finish the deal. They take one in Minnesota. Fade to black. You're still alive at 7-7. Seven and seven And a 33-27 win over Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Joe, I, I mean, you know, that... That's a hard question to answer. I mean, what's the difference between that drive and the drive before when we went down and scored? I mean, it, you know, it's, it's just football. Just football. That's one way to characterize the last couple of weeks for the Minnesota Vikings. Mackie and Judd, pie chart of blame on the table today. Things we learned on NFL Sunday. And if you missed Vikings Ventline, maybe our longest Vikings Ventline of the season yesterday for a bunch of different reasons. You can find that on Purple Daily, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, and the Purple Daily YouTube page. Quick shout-out to Federated. Federated's been helping businesses since, well, 1904, I believe. And uh, and they've been helping business owners in the state of Minnesota during this pandemic year. Hopefully, at least a partial non-pandemic year next year. If you're looking for frontline protection and peace of mind, Federated is here to help you with My Shield, which is available 24-7 and it is your personalized online destination for risk management resources. Find out more about how Federated and MyShield can help your business at federatedinsurance.com. And remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. I think my mindset was to try to get us into a uh, Hail Mary spot on the field and make sure that was priority number one. So, um, you know, they were going to keep things in front of them. And the pass rush is also a part of it, too, where you don't have necessarily all the time in the world to let that out route that's deep develop. And, um, and so, you know, we were able to get down there where we had a, a reachable Hail Mary and, um, you know, it bounced up in the air, but it just didn't, didn't fall our way. All right. Kirk, Kirk Cousins. As diplomatically as possible, throwing the offensive line, rightfully so, under the bus. Not going to have time to let some of those routes develop. Never, yeah. ever. Last three games. Dude. Yeah, that, it was bad. The last three games have been awful. The offensive the line offensive. allowed 21 pressures. Now, I would argue, I don't know how some of these are classified, that like 75% of those were the offensive line's fault, and then 25% were either coverage sacks or pressures or uh you know, Kirk didn't get rid of the ball, but yeah, yeah, they're gonna need to, they're gonna need to find someone other than Dakota but, Dozier to again to block next year. Again, I will come back to the most important thing I think in this entire conversation: 
The day you sign Kirk Cousins, you know exactly who he is. You know how long he likes to hold the ball. You know that he's prone to fumbling. Like, you know all of these things. You didn't draft him. They're like, I didn't know this was coming, right? Wait, he's not mobile? What's going yeah. on? Yeah, so like this was, this was on you as the Vikings to say, we're paying this guy a ton. Now we have to provide the infrastructure. Yeah. And you didn't do it. Also worth noting, okay, because he's definitely run the ball more and with more effectiveness the last couple weeks. And I believe... Yeah, so he has 155 rushing yards this year, which is the second most he's ever had in his career. He had 179 rushing yards in his last year as the Washington starter. So if he can get 24 more rushing yards over the next two weeks, he will set a career high in rushing yards. And he's already almost 100 more than than last uh, than last season. But that doesn't make him a mobile quarterback. Just because he scooted around a couple times, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, I, when I say mobile quarterback, I mean like, Jalen Hurts, I mean Tua, I mean Lamar Jackson. the Josh Allen touchdown run from this last week. Right? Lamar is, Jackson, yeah. He, he is a mobile, old-school, circa 1984 quarterback. Yes. That's what he is. Yep, and, well, like and you he know did, that. He never takes off, and you think, you know what? He looks really comfortable. I mean, he looks like he loves to run. This is his element. This, yeah, he takes off. <laughs> Wind and blowing through his hair. He takes off, and it's something like when Bradshaw did. He's going to lumber and lumber and then he, I mean, Kirk, Kirk is as prone when Kirk runs to trip on Kirk's feet as he is to actually get tackled. Yeah. And so and that's fine. That's Kirk. Right. And this isn't even like a rip Kirk session. No. It's a, this is who Kirk is. So figure out someone other than Dakota Dozier and what Garrett Bradbury has been as a pass blocker to keep the guy comfortable in the pocket. So anyways, there's all kinds of things we can point to in our pie chart of blame off not quite a mathematical season-ending loss, but pretty much a season-ending loss for the Minnesota Vikings. Now on Mackie and Judd. This chart makes it as clear as I can to you. The pie chart of blame. You want to blame somebody? The Rock knows how you feel about pie. All right, Judd, you go ahead. You put your put your pie in the oven with however many slices you would like. It's Christmas week. Lots of pie this week. I've only got four pieces of pie. So for me, it's pretty small. Uh, 40%. 40% goes to Vikings defensive players who simply, and it, this is a season-long award, okay? Vikings defensive players who simply shouldn't have had to play as much as they've had to play. Well, right? why, why are you blaming them then? Okay. No, I'm just saying that they were put in a position to fail, and shockingly, they failed. I'm talking about a guy, a guy like Chris Jones, played 31 of the 64 snaps, all right? It was bad. After <laughs> so bad. after Troy Dye uh, collided with Harrison Smith, and I believe uh, suffered a concussion, Hardy Nickerson played 16 snaps. Like, you are playing guys who simply shouldn't play. Uh, Kendricks has been out for three games now. Michael Pierce out for the entire year. Daniil Hunter, the same thing. The Bears rushed for 199 yards. Yeah. Uh, the interior of the Vikings defensive line is made of backups who absolutely stink. It's not their fault. They just stink. Okay. Pierce didn't play. Uh, the Vikings in 2020 with two games left have given up 100 yards on the ground 11 times this season. 11 times. That's pretty bad. Chris Jones, who was, who was splitting snaps, probably not playing as much as Chris Boyd, who's now out. On Sunday, I saw him uh, miss a tackle. There, there was a short pass caught by, I believe it was Mooney of the Bears, okay? He puts like a small deke on Chris Jones. Chris Jones is just gone. 
So instead of being a gain of like three or four, it's a gain of like twelve. I mean that Mooney though, I've he's the second. Have you ever heard of, of him until yesterday? Uh, I also Listen, that guy is a burner. I also saw one where where the Bears receiver caught the ball, and I think Jones thought he had pushed him to go or that, that he was going to go out of bounds. So Jones stopped, and the receiver just sort of just running. <laughs> used the footwork and he shifted himself and just kept going. Okay, like these people shouldn't be playing. And if they do play, it should be on special teams. That was Allen Robinson, by the way. Okay, yeah. who's a really good player. But the point is, forty percent just on godforsaken players who you will never hear from again after 2020 and who shouldn't be playing but have to play. God bless them. I'm glad they're getting paid, but my God, I don't know why. I got your Chris Jones stat of the week here. I'm sure Declan probably saw this. Did you peek at the pro football focus numbers this morning Uh, yet? I I saw them, but I didn't see all of them yet. It's one of my favorite Monday morning rituals. Is uh, A lot of people like to go sit on the throne and open a newspaper. Oh, no. Old Macadac likes to open the pro football focus analytics to see just how bad it was for the Vikings defense. Yeah. So Mitch Trubisky threw for 202 yards yesterday, okay? 50 of those yards, so 25% of his total yards, weren't just Chris Jones' targeted yards. They were Chris Jones' yards after the catch. Oh, yeah. That's what what I'm talking about. So if you want to, like, dice up, okay, who's who's to blame for for the 202 Mitch Trubisky yards? 50 of the 200 yards weren't just Chris. Chris Jones gave up 95 of the 202 yards. 50 of them were just missed tackle yards after the catch. So nice work. There. Here's the thing. He's, he he doesn't miss the tackle because that's insinuating that he tries to make no, it. He's, he's, he just he's, sort of like watches. He's, he's a cone. Dis, yeah, he's disinterested. He's a cone. He's, <laughs> he's like a cone. He's just sitting there and you're like, I'm just going to go around this cone. Yeah, he was targeted six times, five catches, 95 oh. yards. So 20 yards per reception and half of that, over half that coming after the catch. Also, all five of those receptions resulted in Bears first downs, that is about as bad as you can possibly play. Chris Jones. In 40% to guys like Chris Jones who should not be playing. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. <laughs> uh, the Rock knows how you feel about pie. 30% pie portion number two from me goes to, follow along here, Gary Kubiak and by extension, Zimmer. Okay? 30%. Zimmer's influence on Koobs has managed to, to make a guy who might be a Hall of Fame offensive mind not as good. Some statistics. Justin Jefferson, first half yesterday, three catches for 41 yards, okay? And the Vikings' possessions went like this. Punt, touchdown, punt, uh, gave up the ball on downs, field goal, 10 first downs. All right. The Bears, now now I understand the Bears' defensive front is really good. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind, they went into the game, I think, with three regulars in the secondary out, and they lost another guy. So, like, the secondary's decimated. They've got nobody back there. They're, they are technically probably as bad or worse, actually, secondary-wise than the Vikings are. Okay? And you've got a quarterback who can make these throws. And then they come back in the second half and go like this. Touchdown, field goal, touchdown. Hey, going pretty well now. Give the ball up on downs, and then the final pick to end the game, but 16 first downs. Jefferson finishes with eight catches for 104 yards. And I guess my question is this one. Where was Jefferson the entire game? Like, opportunities, and I understand you've got to get the ball out quick, all right? I'm not debating that. You don't have time for a ton of deep shots. I get that. I've watched enough football to get that, all right? 
but you have chances to hit Jefferson short. And you know what? The last time I watched him play, and I might be wrong now, he was a really good athlete. Like, athletic ability? He could take the ball. He could catch the ball five yards. Five turns into 10, turns into 15, and now he's loose. Okay, I've, I've noticed that, too. Yeah. All right, last thing on that point, too. <laughs> last thing, because this is just, I mean, this just sets the mother bleeping tone for this game, all right? Yeah. The Vikings hold, uh, get the Bears three and out on the first drive of the game. The Vikings then get the ball at their own 12. Not ideal, but they've got the ability to matriculate down the field, right? Cousins get sacked. Six-yard loss. Second and 16 from the Vikings six. Let's go to the tape. Dalvin Cook takes the ball off left tackle. No gain. Okay, it's now third and 16. You're really up against it. Something big's coming. I can feel it. You got Jefferson. You got Thielen. You got, and you're at your own six. You're going to do something? Shotgun. Okay. Hut, hut. Cook left end to the 16 for 10 yards in your punt. <laughs> that's the tone. That's the tone. I, I, yeah, like, that's the tone. Of, yeah. and, and then I saw, I saw, I tweeted that, and I got an immediate response, guys. Well, after Cousins got sacked, do you no. want them trying to pass from yes. down there? Yes. <laughs> do you know how much he makes? Yes. Do you know how good Jefferson is? Like, what? What are you saying? It's it's an it's like it's an automatic handoff. If you if they lose yards on first down, or if there's a sack, automatically in their minds, oh, the drive's over. Oh God! Like, no, it's not. You still have weapons. You still have a quarterback that you can. And I get that the, the the offensive line isn't a disaster, but you know what? Here's a silver lining for you. Even though the offensive line is a disaster, they still keep Kirk clean much more often than he gets sacked or pressured. Okay, it's getting closer to a fifty fifty split, but it's not a guarantee. And so you you can't just like not pass in those situations. Of course not. And they just say, oh, blah, 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 punt. Do, you, do you remember, do you remember um, Metrodome 2007 or I think it was seven or was it? No. Yeah. And the Vikings are playing the Bears. They're backed up. I believe they're basically oh. at the one. The Sunday night game. And, and Monday night game. What, was it not Gus Farad who throws the ball to Bernard Berrien for, yeah. oh, wait, wait for it, a 99-yard touchdown? Yeah. Okay, how that often— That was Bernard Berrien. This is totally anecdotal. Maybe someone can prove me wrong on this, but in the Kirk Cousins era, how often do you recall the Vikings dropping back, like, inside their own 10? Look, it drives once or twice a game, you're going to have a drive start inside your 15 or 10, right? You're, you're, you're going to have to dig out. How often do they drop back? And throw a ball 45, 50 yards down the field to one of their stud wide receivers. It's always, all right, strap in. 17 play drive coming up here. Let's, yeah. let's matriculate. You're right. <laughs> You're right. So, so Koobs and by extension, Zimmer for the offensive philosophy. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. So that's 70%. I'm going to get you up to 95% now with a 25% chunk of Christmas pie going to the offensive line. And I want you just to drink in the statistics for the past three games, which starts with Jacksonville, which entered the game against the Vikings with 11 sacks on the season, okay? They had 11 sacks. It was the least in the National Football League. And then Tampa, and then obviously yesterday, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins yesterday sacked three times and hit 11 times. And the Bears front is good. But the past three games, the totals, 13 sacks, 37 hits. 
He's been hit 37 times in three games, starting with a Jacksonville team that had no rush. The offensive line, and I get it, Cousins, Cousins as as was stated by Jefferson yesterday, does need to deliver the ball faster at times. But that being said, those are ridiculous stats. There's, not, there's, and, nothing, there's nothing to see here, by the way, Judd. You're just trying to stir up drama with this Justin Jefferson stuff. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. You know what? I will say this. O-line, do your bleeping job. Uh, do your job. I mean, my God, can you not pass protect? We are in, we are now in what, game 14 yesterday? Um, you've had your line with Cleveland in place together for quite some time now. And you are, and I mean, Dakota Dozier is terrible. I don't know what made them think that he could start. Again, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Happy holidays. Is Brett Jones, did he die? Like, but what, what is going on? Why is this guy playing? Yeah, so 25% goes to an offensive line that simply is just pass protection-wise feeble. Uh, that leaves 5% for my guy. I love him, but unfortunately he dropped what would have been an absolutely key touchdown pass after Jefferson got mad at Kirk late in the uh, first half there. Irv Smith Jr. gets 5%. Uh, if he catches that ball... And it's a touchdown instead of the Bailey field goal. The scores the Vikings moved down the field for that last drive would have been 33-31 Chicago. And Dan Bailey could have come on to attempt and insert your own joke here, but he was perfect on Sunday. Attempt a field goal that would have won the game. And the Vikings moved down the field easily enough that Bailey would have had a decent field goal attempt, okay? So, unfortunately, Irv Smith Jr., 5%. So, I go... 40% 40% to the Vikings defense and especially players on that side of the ball who simply should not be asked to play but are. 30% goes to Koobs and Zim and the offensive philosophy. 25% goes to the offensive line and 5% goes to the drop touchdown pass by Irv Smith Jr. on third. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. All right, I got to be honest here. We're looking at a bunch of vacation days coming up here. I'm feeling kind of lazy. And so I'm just going to take four. Actually, it'd be two slices of my of my pie here. Yeah. I'm going to cut it into four equal pieces out of just pure Christmas week laziness. Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say 17 percent over here. Four equal pieces of pie out of laziness because the Vikings' offensive line, which gets the first piece of pie, was just as lazy pass blocking as me putting together this pie chart of blame. Okay, 21 pressures allowed, a 42 percent pressure rate. Along the offensive line yesterday, Dakota Dozier, congratulations. A season-high seven pressures allowed up the left guard spot there. Uh, Kirk, I would say Patty caked his way to at least some of the pressures and for sure a couple of the sacks. The strip sack was just like internal clock malfunction city. I don't know what he was doing on that play. But uh, there must have been like 14 secondary members out there roaming and covering Justin Jefferson. Or, you know, once in a while... It's okay, just to th- especially in the second half when you have to be more aggressive. Just like, hey, Justin Jefferson might be double teamed. I don't care. He's awesome. Exactly. DeAndre Hopkins was double teamed in the end zone yesterday and still went up and made one of the great touchdown catches of the season. I like, would you rather throw it in traffic once in a while. I I would if I'm Kirk. I would prefer to get picked off than to lose the ball the way he did. I would also prefer to get picked off driving the ball down the field in my final two drives than to throw a dink and dunk. Uh, like yeah. six yard, ten yard passes with no timeouts over the middle of my tight ends, but offensive line was terrible and they deserve to be ripped and they get twenty five percent of my pie chart of blame. 
This is where our paths deviate a little bit. Like I agree with everything you just said, but I'm going in a different direction with my pie chart. I'm giving 25% to the combination of Daniil Hunter's faulty C6 vertebrae and Eric Kendrick's tender calf muscles. Because if those guys play in this game and if they play against the Buccaneers last week, the Vikings probably win both those games even with the kicking problems. And it's just a different story for Tom Brady, who was kept completely clean last week. And Mitch Trubisky was only pressured like 11 times, I want to say. So he was totally clean. That's true. Like, Daniil Hunter gets after those quarterbacks, and uh, Eric Kendricks helps clean up some of the missed tackles and things that you saw in that game. I don't think Montgomery breaks as many tackles if Eric Kendricks is one of the ones pursuing him. So, um, like, the, the Bears offense probably still runs a little bit wild, but those two guys make such a big difference. And to sit here and just, like, angst over whether Todd Davis is missing tackles or not, like, it doesn't matter. Long term, he's he's not going to be a starter long term. No, nope. so so twenty five percent to Daniil Hunter's faulty C six vertebrae and Eric Kendrick's tender calf muscles. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Another twenty five percent of my pie chart to blame goes to the Vikings' way too conservative first half offensive approach mm-hmm. all season long, and this probably even predates the two thousand twenty season. If we were to go back and do the dive, okay. I'm sitting there thinking yesterday. This is the beauty of the internet now. You can pretty much look up anything. I'm sitting there yesterday. It's like the Vikings, right? They're moving the ball again in the first half, and they're doing their thing. And then you get to halftime, and it's like they're grinding to get to 10 points at halftime against this defense. And yet they're moving the ball. You can't just blame it on Dan Bailey. He's made his kicks. So, like, what is the problem? Why why does it seem like every drive is just a methodical rock up a hill, and it's like they, they just don't have any downfield push in the first half. And so I looked it up. The Vikings are one of the five lowest scoring first half teams in the NFL. They are the highest scoring fourth quarter team in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Right. Not surprising. And that's good. Like definitely yeah. score points in the fourth quarter, but rally, rally, maybe, rally, maybe, maybe get to halftime with more than nine points once in a while. They run the ball in the first quarter on 60% of their offensive snaps. League average is 45%. Well, that's a, a rule, right? You, you have, to, have to establish the run. Right, listen, listen, it's it's second and 16. What should we do? Let's run Dalvin. Yeah, well, let's run Dalvin. I feel like teams misconstrue what establish the run means. When you have Dalvin Cook in a uniform, your run is established. Okay. It has been established. <laughs> Dalvin Cook is active. He is a threat. You can still run play action, even if you haven't. Pounded the rock 70 times in the first half. Like, what do you think this is? That they're all just like a bunch of Nintendo-controlled computer players? Like, they must be tricked for a half But here's my in order question. to set up play action? But here's what I don't get. So you spent last week, I would hope, preparing for the Bears. And you know the Bears' defensive line, right, is stout. And they've got Khalil Mack. And he's a really good player. And you know that running the football is going to be hard. I don't care if you're uh, Dalvin Cook or Gale, say. I don't care who you are, all right? It's going to be tough. And then you look at the Bears secondary, Phil Mackey. Okay. Jalen Johnson, starting corner. Oh, he's out. Buster Scrine, starting nickel corner. Oh, he's out too. Backup safety, Deion Bush. He's out. During the course of the game, Jalen Johnson's replacement, Duke Shelley, gets hurt. So, like, the Bears have nothing. All you have to do is figure out how to avoid the rush long enough to pass the ball. And you are go- And you know what's going to happen, Phil? 
You're going to score points that, that way. Established Alvin Cook. But I mean, established how, Alvin how do you not look? How do you not look at this on the depth chart and be like, you know what? Today's a passing game. Dude, if I saw this correctly uh, during the game yesterday, somebody found this. Of the first, I think it was Chris Long from Channel 5, of the first 22 offensive plays, Dalvin Cook was featured 15 times. It's like, okay, he's awesome. Totally agree that he's awesome. But when you're that one-dimensional early in a game, unless he breaks free, and and, and I'd have to go back and look and see like what his longest runs, my guess is a lot of them are in the second half, but I got more for you here on the conservative offensive approach, okay? On the Vikings' Touchdown pie chart this season. Yeah. 17 first half touchdowns. Okay. So, like, one a game. They're averaging like one touchdown a game in the first half. 28 in the second half. So, they're nearly du- like double the amount of touchdowns in the second half because guess why? In the second half, they throw the ball more because they have weapons. It doesn't mean that Dalvin Cook also isn't going off in the second half. It just means that you're using all of your weapons more in the second half. They think. They're doing themselves a service by pounding the rock for an hour and a half in the first half. And what they're really doing is setting themselves up to have to come from behind, which is not their strong suit, in the second half. Yes. So, like, throwing more early would get them out to earlier leads, and then they can lean on the run later. And they do it it backwards. Not to mention the second-to-last drive of the game. Your season's on the line. The playoffs are just, like, up on the horizon. you 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 got to get to the next horizon, next hill. To, to keep your playoff hopes alive, you need a touchdown to go ahead. And you've got 80 yards to do it. And I think they had a timeout or two with under three. So time was of the essence in this situation. Yeah, I think they had two. Right? So they, 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 had two left, they can right? stop the clock, but time is of the essence, and they have to go <laughs> 80 yards. So. Yeah. And they hand the ball off on two of their three plays on that drive. Yeah. For what purpose? To establish the run, like at the beginning of the drive to set up. I mean, and I get it. I'm not saying that you can't use Dalvin Cook in those situations, but when you run, you run a handoff on your first play. Now you've now 30 seconds have come off the clock mm-hmm. and you only gained three yards. And so now it's like it's a waste of a play altogether and you've wasted 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. So, all right, end rant 25% to the Vikings, way too conservative offense. You got three approach. yards. Like, what more do you want, dude? <laughs> Don't get me started on the seven-yard seven pass. What, what, what more do you want? Okay, one more conservative offense, though, okay? So they get the ball back again, and they've not, now they're down by six, and they've crossed midfield. They've got 12 seconds left, no timeouts, 40 yards for a touchdown. And in my mind, in anyone who's played Madden, I would think, like in anyone else's mind that thinks about game theory on any sort of introductory level, oh, you've got two shots at a Hail Mary. You have two shots to win this game right now. This is great. And they think, no, we got to get seven yards closer. Yeah, let's risk getting sacked and getting tackled inbounds so that we can set up a slightly closer hail mary throw and cut our chances in half. I'm telling you, Phil. And then a nine minute review or whatever it was too, like just line up for the hail mary. It's so it, stupid. It is. They manage the game as if they dictate the rules, and by that I mean look at their drives when they're trailing, are basically drives of teams with great defenses that have a lead. The other thing about the drive that that you're talking about and the pass to uh, Jefferson that was so great was that was an awesome idea if you needed a field goal to win. 
Yes. Like, let's get in a field goal position. <laughs> but, but coach, we're, we're down by four or five or six or something. No, no, no. We need to be in Dan Bailey position. But it's not going to help. We'll lose the, by one. And the thing is, people might sit there and, and, and I, I got, I got, cause I put the tweet out last night. I took the, uh, the burning Declan get this when uh, the fiend was, was set on fire oh, yeah. last night during a WWE pay per view. Yeah. There was an inferno match last <laughs> night, which means you can only win by setting your opponent on fire. It's a great, great match. It's awesome. And the fiend gets set on fire, and I took a screenshot and said, "This is me after the Vikings ran a pointless seven-yard pass play." And of course, a bunch of people are like, "There were so many other more important things." I agree. There are a lot of more important things in that game, but that type of thinking is a microcosm. Because my question is, wait, they think running a fairly high risk with no timeout, seven-yard out in that spot, where you could get sacked, you could get picked. You could get tackled in bounds, and then you don't get a shot at the Hail Mary. They think you could run out of time. Like you could, the fact that they think that's a play that you should run in that spot leads me to think: well, what else aren't they thinking about? Like, what oh, are the other there's things? There's a lot now. That, so that's anyway. there's a lot. All right, and my last pie. Sorry, The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Twenty five percent therapeutic to Kirk Cousins' historical gravitational pull toward five hundred. The Vikings are set up. They're probably going to go seven and nine at this point. I advise six and ten now that you've lost these two games, but it'll be around five hundred. They're not losing to Detroit, I don't think. Unfortunately, he is now after yesterday's game yep. as a starter fifty fifty and two. He is exactly five hundred with two ties again after these last two losses. His his starting seasons as a quarterback have been nine and seven, eight seven and one, seven and nine, eight seven and one, ten and five. Good job. Six and eight, and then whatever they finish the last two games with. And so, look, if you're a four-win franchise with a crappy quarterback and you're looking to elevate your situation to relevance, Kirk's great. He brings competence to the quarterback position. If you're a 500 franchise or better and you're looking to win a Super Bowl, well, I guess on the bright side, you don't really run the risk of being 4-12 and 12 because he is a competent NFL starting quarterback. Uh, and so I just like I'm watching these games thinking and then around the league in red zone, I would be so curious to see one of two things, either Kirk in a fully empowered modern offensive system to really prove once and for all if he can maximize his arm talent or the other Vikings offensive weapons in a more modern offensive system with a more modern mobile quarterback to avoid some of these offensive line problems. But uh, Kirk Cousins gravitational pull toward 500. You mean like. Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. You mean a guy like that? Do you know, Josh though? Allen, man. Do you know? I, I would make a case that if you magically waved a wand today and and the Cardinals said, you know what? We're going to gift you for Christmas. Kyler Murray, he's yours. The Vikings coaching staff would say, oh, yeah, but here's the thing. We got 33. We run the ball, Kyler. And you don't do that as much as 3-3 does. Dalvin Cook runs the ball. I really have serious doubts and questions about whether the head coach could adapt to what we're talking about now. Oh, I don't even have questions. No, but I'm just saying, <laughs> like, you want to see something that I don't think that you could do unless you did change the coach. Yeah. It's actually kind of amazing that they've been as good offensively as they've been this season with all the different, like, weird fitting pieces. The offensive line has been a mess. Uh, at various points, and they've got they've got this like feature your running back until he can no longer move in the off season, 
mentality, yet they've got an explosive passing game that they dust off once in but a while. But they really don't like to use it. Jefferson's That's okay, super but... super weird. Well, I'll say this. Stefan Diggs, my man, has been proven, like, everything he thought was exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, he wanted he wanted a more modern yeah. and pass centric. He's not like, let's drive the new car. Zim Zim's like, that new car does not come out of the garage, Stefan. We are driving our '78 Buick. Stefan's like, but these new cars have lane assist and Apple <laughs> CarPlay. No, it's yeah. great. You can just tap any app you want. But no, this, but this Volvo has a V6 <laughs> in it. <laughs> that the new car knows that's for sinners. No, so equal pieces. Pie chart to blame. Offensive line. Daniil Hunter's faulty C6 vertebrae, Eric Kendrick's tender calf muscles. <laughs> the Vikings' offensive approach is way too conservative in the first half all the time, and Kirk Cousins' historical gravitational pull toward 500. Declan, your pie chart. All right, just two pieces of pie. Two pieces of pie. Very efficient. 10% of this pie goes to the Vikings' disastrous offensive line. I mean, we saw the pressure rates. We've seen the, the poor football focus grades. Dakota Dozier, I told Judd this on Friday. When I, I've seen him in the locker room and stuff, and he has glasses on, he literally looks like a fifth grade science teacher. If you didn't, if you didn't see him on a, on a football field, you would guess he's like a science teacher. He doesn't look like he should be playing football. Who is your daddy? Who, go to what the carpet. Does he do? Get the toy. Bring it back to the carpet. <laughs> and the whole O line. Arnold should be on the O line for God's sakes. I, I, He'd be good. He probably would. He could play tackle. Uh, yeah. So the offensive line was a disaster. It's ten percent, but the majority of this blame goes to Mike Zimmer. 90% of this pie goes to Mike Zimmer. And I know you're out with pieces. You don't have Hunter. You don't have Kendricks. Michael Pierce has opted out. But when you let Mitch Trubisky carve you up like that, you deserve blame. Like, I know the players are playing and coaches coach, but Mitch Trubisky is now 5-2 and two against the Vikings in his career. All of that against Mike Zimmer's mm. era defenses. 5-2. Mm. and two. He's 5-2 and two against the Vikings. And Mike Zimmer can't figure out a way to scheme and... and and stop Mitch Trubisky. Uh, Chris Jones just like to, likes to watch football games. So I, I know it's the play, it's on the players too, but I put blame on the head coach. So just two pieces of pie: ten percent the offensive line, ninety percent to Mike Zimmer. Hey, do you guys think? Let's assume Mitch Trubisky keeps playing pretty well these last couple weeks. The, the Bears get the Jaguars this week, so they're gonna they're gonna move above five hundred almost certainly, and then it'll basically be a showdown with the Packers in Week Seventeen with a chance to sneak into the playoffs. If he plays well in those two games. Do you think the Bears bring him back on like a two-year contract? Yes, ten million bucks a year. Do you think they this do. is solidifying? And Mitch does Trubisky? everybody come back? Nagy's coming back for sure now. I think Nagy mm-hmm. comes back. He'll, he'll, he's he'll be above, he's gonna be above five hundred or five hundred in all three years. You can't fire that pace. That the GM comes back now. Trubisky possibly comes back. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Talk about spinning your ever-loving wheels. Yeah, I mean, if, I, I would argue though, if they had a better quarterback than Trubisky, that. This team would be more like a ten and six team than they are, but you could say that about a lot of teams too. Maggie though is Vikings a weird. Are probably he, he's a weird coach, man. He's he's. I don't know. I I think if they he's a had horrible person. If they if they had, the, I think he's a bad guy. Really? Why? I just the way he talks about people and, and addresses people in the media. I don't know. I I think he's genuinely a bad guy. I think he's could just be wrong, of a football but, coach. But he but but his in game decisions at times are really odd, and the play calling has improved since. They made the change, but it's still, I don't know. I, I just think the Bears the Bears would be very wise to sit down internally and say, fool's gold. I don't think they will. Well, the problem for them is, and actually this is, this is a good segue for us, because it's also the same problem the Vikings might be having. I want to mock! Mock! Today on Tankathon.com. 
Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah it's very interesting. I think I looked at this last night with the draft order. Yeah, the number one team has changed. Jacksonville is now drafting number one. We'll get to that. Trevor Lawrence. We'll I, get to things we learned in NFL Sunday. I got, I got that one in my notes. Justin Fields going number two to the New York Jets. And then you got to go down to the teens here for the next couple quarterbacks to come off the board. Number 12 overall to the San Francisco 49ers, the BYU kid, Zach Wilson. Okay. And then number 13 to the always looking for a quarterback since Peyton Manning retired Denver Broncos, Trey Lance from North Dakota State. That's such a Broncos pick, a kid that played one game. That is so <laughs> Broncos right there. And John Elway loves tall quarterbacks. Yes. So you get the he six just, foot four kid, or he sees and, over the line. And he can't Great. find one to save his life. And that brings us to the 14th overall pick, according to tankathon.com. Yep. The Minnesota Vikings selecting cornerback. South Carolina cornerback J.C. Horn. I want a mock. Mock. No. Yes. No. Yes. So on brand. It's happening. So on brand. I get that I'm ranting against like some intern at Tankathon who's just doing random selections here, right? But who, who knows what we know, which is they always take a corner. Cam Dantzler's awesome. He has absolutely emerged in the second half of the season. Oh. Jeff Gladney has shown flashes. Those guys are starting. Can I next make year. a case? Mike Hughes is fine. No, you do not no. need to draft a cornerback. No, sign a veteran. The last, well, yes, but the last thing that you said about the current cornerback crop, I think, is probably not true. I don't know if Mike Hughes is fine at all. Like he's got a neck problem, and it's been this is the second consecutive year. You could see Zim pushing long and hard to say, "I need a third guy, a nickel guy." He plays. 65% of the snaps. He's incredible. I, I need Figured this, Rick. Him. I need you got, this, Rick. You got, you got, but you have two good young starting cornerbacks, even without Mike Hughes. Sign someone off the scrap heap, an average I'm, cornerback to play slot or I'm whatever. You. Um, I'm not arguing with you. I'm telling you what's going to happen. Dude, like, if they don't draft nine Declan, offensive guards. Do they not the take a corner? Do, do they not take a corner? It's corner or offensive lineman. That's what will be what will happen. If they take a corner. I don't want it to happen. I yeah. will move to Canada. See you there. I want a mock. Mock. Is Canada. the Canadian, is the Canadian football Canada. league still rocking? Did they cancel the season? Uh, they canceled the season. I think they're going to come back in June, but they are on thin ice. No pun intended. They are in the league financial, is on thin ice. Yes, they are in financial trouble. But bad. you know, Canada's problem now is you can't go from like province to province. I think you've you've got, got to wear masks. I want no part of Canada. Um, let's go through some silver linings here. Before we get to things we learned on NFL Sunday here, mm-hmm. let's let's just provide one silver lining apiece after two devastating losses. We'll start with Judd Zilgad. Okay. Silver lining. Okay. You finally have the ability to free up the cap space that has been taken up by Kyle Rudolph. You have you have the new Rudy. He's younger. He's better. He's had back to back impressive games. Tyler Conklin yesterday. Three catches, 57 yards, yeah. a 20-yard touchdown on which he basically bowled his way into the end zone so you didn't have to worry about first and goal from the six. Let's run Dalvin straight up the gut, and then he gets stopped. Um, he is Conklin, 25. He is signed through next year with a base salary of $920,000, okay? Rudy, it's been a great run. I don't know. You can retire. Keep playing, whatever. But the point is, when you start training camp for the Vikings in 2021, gentlemen, Tyler Conklin, Irv Smith Jr., both 
cheap players, and they're both pretty good. Yeah, for for Kyle Rudolph, so his cap hit, if they were to bring him back next year, is $9.4 million. He'd be one of the, he'd be the eighth highest paid Vikings player. If they cut him, they would save $5 million to next year's cap. So they'd still, they still owe him about half of that. But, That's okay. But you'd, you'd be getting back $5 million to go spend somewhere else. Um, all right. My, I guess, I guess my silver lining is that you are going to get a lot of good defensive players back next year. And so I don't sit here and sweat the defensive shortcomings. Like, how do you give up that many yards to Trubisky? I mean, it happens when you're missing Eric Hendricks, Anthony Barr, Daniel Hunter, Michael Pierce. Mike, I mean, Mike Hughes, even though he's not amazing, is still a starting caliber. You're going from someone that, that is reliable within your system to guys who do not belong on an NFL field, like a Chris Jones. And so you're just missing all these starting players. These guys are going to come back next year, most of them. And so your defense will fix itself to some extent. Then the question becomes, is it fixing itself to be like a fringe top 10 defense, or is it fixing itself to be something more? And then you have to decide, is that enough to win a Super Bowl? But um, silver linings... Yeah, the defense is terrible, but there's a lot of built-in, there's a lot of built-in uh, stock on the rise going into next year. Yeah, my silver lining goes with the defense, a defensive player, I should say, and that's, I mean, they have their number one corner of the future, and it's Cameron Dantzler. I, I really think Cam Dantzler is going to be their number one corner. He's a stud going forward. He is a stud. Yesterday, according to Pro Football Focus, a ninety point seven PFF grade. That was the highest grade of any player on the Vikings' offense or defense yesterday. I mean, I think this guy's pretty legit, and. Obviously, when you lost all those cornerbacks in the offseason, you knew it was going to be a slow burn with some of these rookies, but I think Cam Dantzler has really turned into a special player. Third-round pick, too. Yeah. Yeah, according to Pro Football Focus on the season, if you take qualified cornerbacks, he is the 16th highest-graded cornerback in the NFL out of like 100 or something, or out of 90. That's not bad for a rookie. No. So, yeah, he's been he's been awesome. I mean, he's been legitimately one of the better starting cornerbacks. He's not top tier, but he's in like that second tier. If you just take the second half of the season, it's probably even better. So, all right. We didn't mention him, though, guys. Dan Bailey, come on. Yeah, Dan Bailey's perfect. Back. Perfect. He's back. We have, we have statements on Purple Daily. He's not mine. He, his his mind bleep lasted for only two games. So that's not too bad, actually. So far, cost him a game, but yeah. well, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm if sure he's back next season. We'll, we'll talk about him for sure. Uh, every Monday on Purple Daily, we do Viking statements. So go check us out on Purple Daily too. Let's pause real quick. Let's uh, let's let's finish heating up our pie charts of of blame, and then let's go around the league. Things we learned on NFL Sunday, including a former top pick and once highly touted MVP candidate who is becoming available to anyone who wants him this offseason. The Packers are done. The Packers are done. McCarthy and Thompson are hoping now they won't be gone. The Packers are done. The Packers are done. McCarthy and Thompson are hoping now they won't be gone. A broken bone derailed their season. Losing Rodgers was the reason. His crappy teammates couldn't get the cheese into the playoffs this year. They've only got a quarterback. A solid defense is what they lack. 
Fans at Lambeau are going back to the concession stand for more beer. The Packers are done. The Packers are done. McCarthy and Thompson are hoping now they won't be gone. Football. quarterback in the face. I want to do it. All right, boys. Yesterday was a pretty fun day and Saturday. Just a fun weekend of NFL football. If you're not uh, a Vikings fan anyways, let's go around the, the table here a few times. Things we learned on NFL Sunday. Judd Zolgat. All right. I'm going to start off with the obvious one first. The New York Jets cannot do anything right, including lose games. How in the hell do you beat the Rams? Why do you beat them? What are you doing? You are now 1-13. Congratulations. It's a great win. The Jaguars have the same record, but they now have the top pick because they have played the weaker schedule. So unless you can somehow get Jacksonville to go on a hot streak, which they ain't going to do, it looks like Jacksonville is going to get Trevor Lawrence. And you, after being winless all season long, have now won a game that's going to cause that's going to cost you the draft pick of a quarterback who very well could be the type of guy who's around for 10 years and could have solved your problems. And now I see this morning that there's talk about, well, should they just simply stick with Sam Darnold? Because, I mean, come on. Honest to God. Like, how do you... It's one thing to suck, but it's okay to suck if you suck. But this, like, late surge of, oh, let's go out and win one for who? Adam Gage? You hate the man. It's ridiculous. It is. uh, Yeah, I mean, it's... Tough because like you can sit there from a franchise perspective and say, yeah, going zero and sixteen is the best thing. Because if you think Trevor Lawrence is a ten to fifteen year franchise quarterback, you should do everything you can to make that happen. But guys like Frank Gore, who've been playing in the NFL for a decade and a, and, and a half, guys who are fighting for jobs and coaches who are fighting for future jobs after they lose their current jobs, they're still trying to win. So I'm not sure what more the Jets could have done. Like it's not like they have a bunch of amazing all-pro caliber players on the roster that they could have deactivated. They just got lucky and won a game. It's so it's so on brand for the Jets. So, yeah, it was... Um, I mean, Jacksonville is now going to almost certainly, right, get Lawrence, and they're going to solve their problem. And you might be okay, but it's just you've been so bad the entire year. Just sort of see it through. Complete okay. the project. Does Gardner Minshew become available? Does he do anything for you? I don't know if he does. Makes or like six hundred thousand dollars a year. He does not be, make. He'll much. be their backup next he year. He does yeah. not make much, but um, yeah, I don't know about that one. Okay. But he is uh, he is definitely not going to be a starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars in two thousand twenty one. All right, things we learned. Football. I, know it. I learned that Carson Wentz is clueless. <laughs> ESPN's Adam Schefter reporting over the weekend that Carson Wentz isn't happy with how things have been handled in Philadelphia. Doesn't want to be a backup, doesn't love the way things were handled, and he wants out if he's not the starter long-term. To which I would say, dude, you maybe had a case for arguments such as, the coaching staff has put me in a bad spot, or the weapons around me are garbage, and my line is garbage, and that's why I look like I do. Except when they swap only you out for another quarterback, and the offense takes 10 giant steps forward in the subsequent two weeks. 
So if I'm Carson Wentz, I'm probably just going to lay low for the rest of the season. You're going to get another shot somewhere. You're definitely going to get traded or something. Um, but Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback probably going into next year at this point, right? There's almost no way Carson Wentz plays another game, you know, barring injury the next two weeks as a Philadelphia Eagle. And then the question becomes, what would teams be willing to even give up? I think he's going to definitely have interested suitors, but he still makes like $30 million a year and he's broken. So I had, I had somebody ask me on Twitter yesterday, would you swap Kirk Cousins for Carson Wentz if given the chance? I got the same Six question. Six months ago? Absolutely. But right now you got two highly paid quarterbacks. One is broken and one is playing mostly really, really well. So I would, uh, for $20 million less, I would take a flyer on Carson Wentz, but not at that point. Do you know what? I, I have, with guys like Wentz and Kirk, I have decided if I was a team, what my negotiating policy with those QBs would be, and it would be very simple. I'm going to pay you a maximum of 15 mil per year, and here's why. I need to sign old linemen. Now, if I was getting uh, Jackson or Mahomes or Hertz, Murray, right? Yeah. Like then, then I can say, "Hey guys, go out there and scramble because you're good at that." Uh, I would tell guys like Wentz and Kirk, though, I want to win, and if I pay you thirty mil, I can't. Yeah. And here's why: so you are now, I am now going to create a middle class. And that doesn't mean that you're not good, but I'm going to create on your watch a middle class of pay structure for quarterbacks based on the fact yes. that you that you don't have the ability to be successful unless I'm paying the guys who block for you. I love this idea. We've been griping on this show for years. There needs to be a quarterback, a starting quarterback middle class. It can't just be, well, you're a franchise quarterback, and so now you're the next highest paid guy, right? It has to be. I think now it has to be. You get a mobility bonus if you can. If you're if you become a free agent, yeah. and you can move around and you can scoot away from pressure. Great, you get a ten million dollar a year mobility bonus. <laughs> I love that term. So, like, if you're Kirk Cousins or your Carson Carson Wentz is more mobile than Kirk. So I, he's kind of in between. Like he's he gets like a partial mobility bonus. Not too much though. I mean, he couldn't do much. So maybe you're starting. You're starting price tag as a franchise quarterback, $20 million to start with, like Teddy Bridgewater, $20 million. You're one of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL, and you're a free agent. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we go up to 25, 30, 35 based on how mobile are you? Teddy, no, you're not. You're kind of mobile. Right. We'll give you a couple million extra bucks, right? Kirk, I don't know, man. If if uh, if we pay you 35, you know, 30, 35 to the cap to judge point, how are we supposed to protect you from getting... You know, if, if Dakota Dozier is sitting over here because we can't afford to go into free agency and get an actual left guard, you're screwed. So you got to take a pay cut, right? I like where you're going. Mobility bonus. That's my idea. Yep. Yeah. Football. Yeah, my picking is back off the Juds. Yes, the Jets are buffoons, but what the hell, Rams? Like, I thought the Rams were the best team in the NFC going into this week, and then they lose one to the Jets? Like, I, I, the whole NFC playoff picture has been really weird this year. But, man, I, I, I really thought the Rams were going to be the team that ascended to be the best team in the NFC, and then they drop one to Sam Darnold and the Jets. So, like, it's not even things I'm learning. I, I don't know what to know. I don't want to take away from it. <laughs> they it's have, a tough league. They have Crazy a Jared league. Goff Crazy problem. Said. Yeah, they have, a, they have a Jared Goff problem for sure. But what's the fix there? Get a better quarterback than Jared Goff. Yeah, but you're paying Jared Goff now. That's no. the problem. So. Again, you paid him. Like that that's the trigger. Once you pay them, what do you do with them? I think they gave him the mobility bonus too. Everybody got everybody got it because we we just invented it. Yeah. That's the pro- now now you you have to go back and strip out pay based on the fact 
that you don't deserve the mobility bonus. Yeah. Um, I think I learned oh, a bunch of things. Oh, back to Judd first. Back to Judd. You go first. All right. Last week, I apologized on this segment to the Green Bay Packers because I basically called you complete frauds in 2019, and you have come back in 2020 and backed that that up. It doesn't mean that you're a great team, but I probably didn't give you enough credit. Apology too. So I'm just going to go right down the line of my faults here. Okay, like hot takes and statements that I've made that I now regret. I'd like to send this apology out to the fine people in Buffalo, New York, and especially Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, who I think, and I believe my partner agreed completely and basically doubled down, who I basically said, just wait till Stefan Diggs is playing in the freezing cold in Buffalo and Allen is sailing the ball into the third row of seats over his head, and this is going to be a complete joke. Let me give you the stats of Stefan Diggs Saturday and for the season, okay? So my whole, oh, Josh Allen sucks, this isn't going to work thing. In a a 48-19 victory over Denver on Saturday, Stefan Diggs caught... 11 passes, 147 yards. This season, he has 111 catches for 1,314 yards, 147 targets, and we're through 14 games. And now you're saying, yeah, Judd, but you're not telling us what happened last year with the Vikings. You're probably, you're probably covering up all the opportunities he got. The catches have gone from 2019 Vikings 63 to 111. The yardage has gone from 1,130 last year with the Vikings to 1,314. And the targets have gone from 94 and 15 games with the Vikings last year to, again, 14 games, 147 targets. Yeah, I apologize. I was wrong. The quarterback is far superior to what I thought. In fact, he's in the MVP conversation. And more importantly, Stefan Diggs, I still don't like the way he did things. But he's a thousand percent right for doing for forcing the hand of the Vikings to trade him. Yeah, um, that's very well said. And Sorry. I think I think Justin Jefferson probably soaked in some of that media throughout the last week because there's a lot of features. Stefan Diggs was on the cover of ESPN, and um, I think that probably led to Justin Jefferson feeling empowered and emboldened to drop a large and loud F-bomb with no fans in the stadiums when his quarterback overthrew him in the back of the end zone. And we'll do a deeper dive into that on Viking statements, but there's been a lot of people wringing their hands over what, was it a flag that he was calling for? Was it, we've got our theories and we'll do that on, on uh, Viking statements on purple daily. I learned again that mobility is changing the game at quarterback in the NFL. This is not 10 years ago, 15 years ago. It's not even five years ago when you could make the case that, yeah, mobility is great at quarterback, but those guys don't last, and those guys don't win Super Bowls. Well, one of them won a Super Bowl last year, Pat Mahomes. He's very mobile, um, and you're going to see more mobile quarterbacks win Super Bowls. And I would even argue at this point, if you're not mobile, just based on how athletic and fast and monstrous pass rushers have become in 2020. But if you're a statue in the pocket like a Drew Brees, you're going to get hurt more likely or just as likely as a mobile quarterback. Drew Brees had like 15 broken ribs, for God's sakes. He had like chunks and chips of ribs coming up through his esophagus. Like, And then he's back oh, on the field hurt. yesterday. He's 0 for his first nine. So these quarterbacks, these nine quarterbacks, 
all looked amazing in week 15 and or won a game late, okay? Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Tua, Deshaun Watson losing effort but threw for like 400 yards, Josh Allen, one of his best games of the year, Justin Herbert, who can move, had the game-winning quarterback sneak, quarterback draw. Yeah. I mean, that, I just li- I just literally named a third of the league, and I, I could have kept going on mobile quarterbacks too. That's a third of the league who can move around, avoid pressure. Ryan Tannehill, people don't think of him as mobile. He's mobile. And Ryan Tannehill is having maybe even a better season this year than last year right. with the Tennessee Titans. He's got like 31 touchdowns and five picks or something. A um, handful of rushing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns in that game. That's a third of the league that can now overcome bad offensive lines, keep plays alive. They're dynamic, and uh, it's not just a blip on the radar. The position in college is moving in this direction. In high school, it's moving in this direction. And if you're not one of the teams that's thinking about how to maximize that position, then you can't be the team that also pays the maximum for that position. Haven't you seen Kirk right. run the past two weeks? Haven't you seen Kirk Football. taking off and occasionally tripping on Kirk's own feet? Yeah. I mean, Kirk's been great as a passer for the most part, and he's run the ball a couple times. All right, Dex, one more thing. Go ahead. Yeah, I learned uh, don't bet on football. So on Saturday, oh no, uh, I saw obviously my, my guy, Teddy Bridgewater, was playing the Green Bay Packers. Oh, boy. Oh, you didn't. And I look at the Bovada line, and I see the money line. It says, it says plus 320, and I'm like, oh, no, no. You know, that's actually a pretty that's a pretty sizable win if, I, if that can go off. So I'm thinking about it, and I'm making dinner. And then right before kickoff, I check again. Now it's up to 350. So now it's, there's more money at stake. No. I laid down that $10, and within that first drive, I knew I was going to lose that bet. <laughs> and I, I feel like it. you need to divorce emotionally from Teddy yeah. Bridgewater. I, I might have to. I or don't call, know why or call you us first. Yeah. Yeah, this is, this, on, is, this is you, man. This is all right. This, this might require counseling. I, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm, I, I, I'm trying to learn not to bet on football, not to bet on guys that I love, or mm. anyone that I love for that matter. So, mm. <laughs> or even like, yeah. Can can play, 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 rela- relationship yeah. prop bets. That might be a great new business. Yeah, idea. That might be a new bit on the 2021 Mackey and Judd show. That comes relationship prop bets. Oh, I like that. There's, Let's do that. There's some there. Yeah. Let's, oh, there, there's some there definitely is. There, no question about that. Yeah, Teddy, uh, that was a rough one on Saturday night. It was. That was a rough one. Uh, Matt Rule, though, might be the worst in-game coach, and this is saying a lot, might be the worst in-game coach in the National Football League right now. Have you watched enough Panthers games to know I've that? I've seen two, and the the inexplicable <laughs> ways that he works, okay? Yeah. The Vikings game here, I think he basically lost. Like, if you coach that game right, timeouts, things like that. But, Phil, he had burned his timeouts. And so, in an effort to use the uh, two-minute warning at the end of that game on Saturday, he kicked a field goal on first down, very much in scoring position, to try and get the ball back. And he gave the ball back to, and I'd like to say this slowly, Aaron Rodgers. I like, mean, dude, they, they were going to lose either way, but it was right. Foolish. But just try to score a touchdown. Yeah, it was foolish. Like try to score the touchdown. Like you really think that the key to the win here, field goal on first down. Oh, and then we're going to get the ball back after after Aaron goes three and out. I'm telling you, man, coaches are so he's dumb bad. with this stuff. <laughs> he's bad. He does not know what he's doing in game. But most coaches are are bad. Mike yeah, Zimmer's bad at it. I don't disagree. How do you not? He probe on that PJ, in a job interview. PJ Flex bad at it. He is actually. He is bad at it. Before we say goodbye for Football. the show here today, two things. 
Number one, so we did a Minnesota Sports Rewind episode, and we had Tom Hanneman, who passed away over the weekend. We had him on as a guest to tell stories about the KG era Timberwolves, and the, the jumping off point was the Wolves' first victory over the Michael Jordan Bulls, and that was a few months back. So we'll take that. I'll post that to the Mackie and Judd feed today so people can listen back to just the great storyteller that Tom Hanneman was and uh, just the great human that he was. So all, all kinds of great tributes. Jim Peterson posted something on his Instagram. and so, Yeah, it's so sad. Uh, the outpouring. So we'll, our, our little tribute to Tom Hanneman, um, in addition to just saying how amazing of a human he was, we'll, we'll post that interview so you can listen back to it. But on the P.J. Fleck front, the most hilarious part of that Gophers game, and I, I have I have detached emotionally from this year's Gopher football team. I'm just sort of in the passenger seat here. Right? Whatever happens, happens. So they get to overtime. Of course they decide at the end of regulation that they're not going to push the envelope. They, they were fine just going to overtime and not being as which, aggressive as they could be. Which I don't understand. Because, you know, I, I guess you have a better chance in overtime against Wisconsin than just to, like, checkmate them at the end of the fourth quarter. But that's neither here nor there. They get to overtime. They miss the field goal, so now field goal beats you. And Wisconsin is literally starting from the 25-yard line, right? So, if they, I mean, if they don't gain any yards, they can kick a field goal. Yep. yep I think yep. they got a first down, and then the Gophers stopped them on the next sequence, but they were already, like, inside the 15-yard line. Yep. And the Gophers' defense, after stopping Wisconsin from getting a first down on third down, puts all of them, put their fists in the air, like, the fourth down, we got the st- fourth down, we got the stop, we got the stop. You guys, you didn't stop anything. They're going to kick a chip shot field goal yeah. to beat you for the X. And you missed yours. With and a backup quarterback. Like you're just done. <laughs> so here's the state. So uh, so th- this is the perfect encapsulation of Minnesota sports, all right? This weekend, Gophers, Badgers, Vikings, Bears. And I'm not joking. The two worst offensive calls in both games came from the opponent. The Badgers inexplicably are driving down the field late in the fourth quarter of that game. They're running at will. All they have to do is set up basically a field goal, and they've got the axe, and the game is done. They call for the backup quarterback to throw a pass into the end zone, like take a shot, take a shot here, and he throws an easy pick, and that's where it uh, the Gophers got the ball back and then sputtered and didn't uh, move the ball and basically gave up and forced OT. All right, so that's play call one. Inexplicable, just terrible, and the Badgers still won. Yeah. Yesterday, the Bears are driving down the field late, right? Like they're in fine shape, kick a field goal, I guess that's fine. But basically had done up until then a great job of of putting the training wheels on Trubisky's wagon so he couldn't screw him. And then they call, let's take a shot in the end zone. Let's have Mitch take a shot. He's playing so well. All right, training wheels are off. Training wheels are off. We've and of graduated. Course, and, of course, he Trubisky's himself and throws. And now now Dantzler made a nice play, but it was a terrible pass. It was a terrible pass. It's a terrible pass. And so the Vikings have the ball, chance to win. But those are the two worst play calls Easily in both I, games. I think the Wisconsin one was way more egregious because you're down to your backup quarterback. You're just gashing what appears to be a tired Gophers defense with the run, right? Yes. All you have to do is just like hand the ball off three more times and you're just set up to win the game. Yes. And they decide, they just get really impatient and decide, ah, let's just end it now. <laughs> okay. 
Thank you. By having our backup quarterback throw this just terrible pass, which was easily picked off. On the Gophers side, Tanner Morgan has gone from a fringe Heisman name to a guy that I don't know that I would guarantee the starting quarterback spot to next year. Is that too much of an overreaction? Like, no, I wouldn't. I, guess, I think he's the starter because he'll be a senior next year. He had a very questionable season. But, oh, yeah, holy cow. Like, I know. Some of the, even in that game against Wisconsin, like, dude, some of the throws he was making. I know. They had a chance. Leidner-esque at times, which was very scary to see. Yeah, there was one, I'm trying to remember, it was late in the game, and a tight end broke free down the field. That might have been a Seth Green throw, actually, because Seth Green had the 20-yard completion. Thinking, like, if you just lead the receiver there, it's a walk-in oh, yeah, touchdown. That, that you know, Seth Green. He tried. Seth Green, the one time they finally had him throw a pass. Yeah. It's been, he's been, I feel like he's been there for seven years. It does feel like he's been there. He's for 42 like now. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's 40. Yeah. He's, for, he's 40. <laughs> what, did he get his undergrad, then a graduate transfer, and then Doctorate. something else? What the hell, Great. dude? Doctorate. <laughs> so Lawyer now. Sky Yuma. Row the boat. Go, go Gophers. Hey, the one thing, though, coming out yesterday and saying, no bowl, thank God. Royce just tweeted a theory this morning. I did not want to see them take a bowl bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, reckless. Give him a little we'll bit more to time to just sort of sit and see what's going to happen with, with that Michigan. He ain't, he ain't getting that job now, right? Like, I wouldn't. You, you've got to get, if, if Harbaugh gets blown out, which I don't know he's going to, that's got to be an impact name, right? But, More but they PJ just had, they just had the impact name. No, Jim I know, Harbaugh. but it's got to be another one. I would go to Urban Meyer and say two million, four wow. million, five million. What do you want? What? The state? What was the other job? Well, Auburn's open. Texas, Texas for Urban. He was tied yeah. to Texas very briefly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Urban to Michigan would be super fun. But you know what? Play the college football playoff, and I would wipe out for 2020. I would wipe out every other bowl. I don't. You don't need any of these other. Bowls. You don't need the RNL Carriers no, Bowl, you know which what? I think you can find right here on Score North. Those things, Score North Radio, carrying a bunch of bowl games. Those things are fun when you can play them because guy, you know, guys like them and gals like them. This is not a year to play them. There's also a bunch of new sponsors because a bunch of sponsors like probably dropped their advertising money because they had, and then some new ones came in. Yeah. So maybe well, I was gonna say maybe we can do this tomorrow. We're, we're actually gonna be uh, we're both off tomorrow, but you guys are saved for me quizzing you on college bowl games. I sort of actually enjoyed that exercise previously. That well, used to be well, fun. Let me see here. All right. It ESP used to be fun because it's just so outrageously stupid. Well, let me see if I can find these. All right. Ones. All right. Bowl game schedule. I love how these are all being set right now. Teams are like, we're getting snubbed. You're fine. It's okay. Okay. We've got the, uh, oh man, I'm just going to, I'm just going to read some of these. I'm not going to quiz you. All right. We have the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. That's new, right? That's Roof happening. Claim? That's happening tomorrow, actually. The bowl's not new, but the sponsor is, right? Yes. I don't remember Roof Claim from last year. No. That's actually tomorrow. Who is Roof Claim? And it will include BYU versus UCF. Hey, nice. BYU kid. And, and are, are we carrying that one? Um, Not tomorrow, no. Oh, We're carrying a bunch of other we ones. we got to carry Zach Wilson's games. I don't think it was made available to us, um, unfortunately. Yeah, that's not fair. The Serve Pro First Responder Bowl between Louisiana and UTSA. I feel like First Responder was a sponsor last year. The Lending Tree Bowl. I feel like that one was around. The Cheez-It Bowl's been around. I love the Cheez-It Bowl. Great game. Duke's Mayo Bowl. I don't remember That's Wisconsin, this one. Wisconsin, perfect, perfect team for that bowl game. What is what it, It's what? Duke's Mayo Bowl. Okay. 
the Transperfect Music City Bowl, the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. I don't even know what these sponsors are. The Macari Texas Bowl. What's, hmm. what's Macari? Tax Slayer. Okay, at least, see, at least Tax Slayer I know. Okay. The PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. So there you go. There's Spell it out for me. Tell me what you are. <laughs> like, I don't know what you are. You're sponsoring something. Tell me what you are. Duke's Mayo. I think you can figure that one out. All right, we got to go. That's Man, a wrap. On t- oh, look out later this week. We're going to post the. So- a lot of people have reached out saying, "Can you send me songs by the Ulog to play for my like quarantine Christmas gatherings?" We will be posting <laughs> oh, as part of a bunch of great like classic Mackie and Judd stuff the next couple weeks. We'll be posting on the Mackie and Judd podcast feed songs by the Ulog greatest hits. So a collection of some of our finest nice. work in air quotes. And we'll see you guys later. Mackie and Judd, thanks for listening. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.